Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Over on the text line, some interesting items that have come in during the break. This texter says, Vince, just to let you know, I'll continue to wear my mask. First reason, looking out for my safety. Second reason, I don't want to be confused with an ignorant Republican. Wow. Isn't it interesting how much this has been politicized? It has been, profoundly. It's kind of sad. Also on the text line, for what it's worth, Fort Mill has very few issues regarding schools. Mr. Griffin is going to retire from Springfield, end of year. I don't know a better man with a heart for kids. He's been remarkable. Longtime administrator. Hey, CMS, I would call him. That is from Tim. Vince, can we purchase wine before noon on Sundays? Ha, 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 ha. This is someone who is making reference to uh, my concern about the fact that we have these silly blue laws still in effect, at least here in North Carolina, where certain alcoholic beverages cannot be purchased at certain hours on Sunday, which I think is absolutely silly. Now the flights and the planes will be because people will not want people without masks sitting beside them. Some of the fights on the planes, this person says, will be caused by this. Um, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal. I really don't. I don't think people will be that crazy. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. About the costs, orange juice at the airport costs $5.50. That is crazy, isn't it? This person responding to the previous texture, I will not wear a mask, so I don't get mistaken for a Democrat. Oh, boy, we've got tit-for-tat going on here. (laughs) I actually got this message wrong. I shared the orange juice thing. It's actually the end of a text. Can't you be without alcohol? Yeah, I'm okay. Just have to nap. And orange juice at the airport costs $5.50. Okay. Fair enough. Transformation Tuesday time. And I want to speak in particular to people who say, I am a Christian. One of the challenges we face, and I think this is universal for everybody, all of us as human beings, a lot of times we profess something without possessing something. We profess without possessing. And let me give an example. Before I get into Transformation Tuesday, we talk about how much we love God and how much we are this or that. But in reality, sometimes we've got to be honest about what's really going on in our hearts. Maybe we've got doubts. Maybe we have fears. Maybe we have anger. Maybe we have bitterness. And at some point, we've got to be real about those things rather than glossing them over with a bunch of Bible verses and somehow thinking that if we quote them long enough, then we're going to quote these out of our system. It's not it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. 
And a lot of times what we've done is we've further deceived ourselves by thinking if we just have the right verses that address something, the right words, that somehow that's going to make a difference. This post by Steve Crosby is just so, so on the money. And I'm appealing to those of you who name the name of Christ just to take a moment and really think about, is this me? And I, I want to I put this before you in, with the understanding that I do the same self-examination. It's important for me. Because there are elements here that I can actually look at and say, you know what, this, this is some of what's in my heart. Here's what Steve posted. I've observed this phenomenon, and he's described this as low tolerance, frustration, and anger. So it's something that kind of flies below the radar. And it's not, you know, it's not the kind of thing where you're boiling over with anger and you're going to be blowing up at anybody and everybody. It's something simmering at the surface. And probably other people are not going to see this. They're going to see you as, oh, there's Christian so-and-so over there. And not realize inside... You are a boiling pot, a cauldron. Steve says, I've observed this phenomenon in scores of Christians who've been taught to conform their lives to the principles of what the Bible says, rather than experience transformation into the cruciform life of Christ. Before I go any further, let me make very clear what we're talking about here. It's one thing for you and I to read the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to try to follow Bible principles. It's another thing for me to recognize that I need God to change my heart and to prepare me to live this cruciform life that Steve is talking about, where my heart is transformed and I'm prepared. The way is prepared for me you know, I, I love how the Old Testament talks about the New Covenant, how God writes his laws in our hearts. So therefore, it's no longer me striving to do something. It's something he's enabled me to do from the inside. I'll continue here. He's referring to these folks with difficulties. They're some of the most miserable, unsafe, damaged people I know. They either either repress, deflect, or deny their deeply seated anger at the God they have created, believed in, been taught. Or they internalize it in self-hatred and self-accusation of underperforming. Their worldview based on Bible principles fails them, and they have no context of understanding to process life and reality cognitive dissonance on steroids with real human trauma as the outcome and again this is low tolerance frustration and anger I want you to listen to these very carefully do any of these describe you number one the world and other people must exist and function under conditions of which I approve and agree with Ooh. two I must see the results I expect from the effort I exert. I must see the results when I deem appropriate. Further, conditions must exist so that what I do not want to happen does not happen. 
because of my fidelity to God and his promises in the Bible. Three, this problem, negative situation I'm experiencing should not be happening and would not be happening if only others or myself were obeying, performing or believing better or more accurately conform to what the Bible teaches. Do any of these apply to you? The first one, the world basically has to conform to what I want. And if it doesn't, I'm really angry. How dare them not cooperate with my agenda? Because my agenda is righteous. Hello? I'm going to break down the other two because I think these are things that I have been reckoning with. And I hope you will join me in doing so. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Back with Transformation Tuesday, I've been sharing with you the issue of low tolerance, frustration, and anger. And again, this is not for, quote, unbelievers. This is about Christians. And I think one of the things that is a current that runs through all of this is expectation. The first, I described the world and other people must exist and function under conditions of which I approve and agree with. In other words, everybody has to conform to what I think ought to happen if they don't. I'm going to be angry. The second, I must see the results I expect from the effort I exert. So in other words, because I've been so good, so spiritual, I expect things to happen in my favor. What Steve is describing here, this is not a cruciform perspective at all. The appropriate one is to recognize God is God. And the circumstances in my life are designed to conform me to his image, not to shape the world to mine. No matter how accurately I think I understand the Bible and the principles thereof. Number three, this problem, this negative situation I may find myself in, 
What I'm experiencing should not be happening. It would not be happening. If only myself or others, or a combination of the two, were obeying, performing, believing better, or more accurately conform to what the Bible teaches. All of these are false paradigms. They masquerade as spiritual, but they're really false. If you have anything that suggests, if I do this, God is going to do that. If that's the general pattern of how you view your life, it's unhealthy. I know a lot of people are going to be stunned to hear me say this. I'm not talking about trusting the promises of God in certain areas. But this is not a quid pro quo sort of life. And we do not determine what happens in this life simply by thinking and behaving in certain ways. God's going to perform certain ways for us. So if this is part of our thinking and our functioning, this is an area where we need to die, basically, what it comes down to. It's not about me, my desires, or even my understanding. Love to get your thoughts on this. I know this can be kind of deep, and in some cases, some might think it obscure. But it's been very helpful for me to unpack some of the things in my life, especially related to adversity. I've found much of what has happened in terms of adversity in my life has done the most to shape me into the image of Christ. Things that did not go my way. And looking back, I'm glad they didn't go my way. And let me add, my way, I could probably make significant arguments from the Bible that it was the right way. But it was not God's way. I welcome your thoughts on this. Let's move to further examination of news of the day and the latest developments with our good friend Elon Musk. (laughs) Boy, is he stirring it up now. Have you heard what he's saying now about the board? This is something. This is something. That's not going to endear Mr. Musk to the board membership right now. Here's what he said, according to CNBC, said Twitter's board of directors would not receive compensation for serving if he were to take over the social media company. The board's salary will be zero if my bid succeeds. So that's $3 million a year saved right there. He said this, guess how? In a tweet. This is hilarious. No compensation for the board of directors if he acquires the company. It's not clear who would be appointed to serve the board of a Musk-owned Twitter. Currently, Twitter spends about $2.9 million in cash and stock awards to board members, according to a filing with the SEC. Executives do not receive additional compensation for their seats. So that does not include payments for CEO Parag Agrawal and former Chief Jack Dorsey. How do you think this is going to go over? I'm sure they're in a panic. The outspoken executive has argued Twitter needs to be transformed into a private company so it can become a forum for free speech. 
Also saying Twitter's board members' interests are simply not aligned with shareholders. And the board owns almost no shares of the company. What do you think about this? Do you think this is a good plan? Do you think this will succeed for that matter? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. By the way, I fully expect the board's going to reject this offer. I fully expect they will reject the offer. Coming up, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and his little uh, event (laughs) with assistance from the Easter Bunny. I don't want to shortchange this story, so I'm going to save this for the next segment. But I have to tell you about a crazy story that has developed in my former home state of Kentucky. Have you heard about this? An employee's unwanted birthday party nets him $450,000 after a lawsuit against a Kentucky company. The Herald-Leader in Lexington reporting on this days before his birthday, August 2019, an employee at a Kentucky-based laboratory asked his office manager to not arrange a celebration for his birthday. It wasn't the fear of getting older, but rather an anxiety disorder that can spur panic attacks in stressful situations. According to court documents, the employee, he was hired by Gravity Diagnostics in October 2018, did not want a celebration because being the center of attention can trigger his disorder. When the company threw him a lunchtime party against his wishes, it triggered a panic attack. He left abruptly to spend his break in his car. Four days later, after his office managers confronted him about his reaction to the party, he was fired from the Northern Kentucky Company. Can you believe this? It's all started with a party. He eventually sued Gravity Diagnostics, and now a jury has awarded him $450,000 in damages for his lost wages and emotional distress. Probably can't much blame them, but an attorney for Gravity Diagnostics did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Companies based out of Covington, Kentucky, that's near Cincinnati, it provides innovative laboratory testing for physicians and patients. Now, one person of the company claims it was the employees who were victimized. My employees de-escalated the situation to get the plaintiff out of the building as quickly as possible while removing his access to the building, alerting me and sending out security reminders to ensure he could not access the building, which is exactly what we're supposed to do. Well, this did not go the way they thought it would. For throwing a party and causing this emotional distress, $450,000. Coming up, we'll talk about Joe Biden's mental state. Stay with us. Over on the text line responding to Transformation Tuesday, 
Vincent, used to be the world was what it was, and you learned how to adapt. Yeah. This texture in the upstate saying, I've always thought that being a Christian isn't about you. It's about God and giving him the glory. Here's a person who gets it. We live in an era of what's in it for me. We've already received our gift through the life-giving blood of Christ and a home in heaven. What more do we want? Well, we want everything to go our way. In fact, many believe it to be their birthright. And I've seen a lot of people whose faith has been shipwrecked as a result. Because following the formulas and the things that the TV preachers are telling them, it don't work. Works for the TV preachers. They're making a whole lot of money, selling a whole lot of books, and they've got people waiting on them hand and foot. Doesn't work in the real world. Only works in what amounts to religious fantasy land. Just putting that out there. I want to preface my next remarks by communicating to you. You know, I, I've had some fun along the way with some of the silly things that have happened with our current president. And some of these things are actually funny. They really are. The gaffes, which, you know, you could we could probably do an entire program on Biden gaffes. But as you know, at some point, this ceases to be funny. And for two reasons. For one, we're talking about the leader of our country. The leader of our country who has a great deal of responsibility for all of us. I don't know about you, but I don't have confidence. And this isn't a political statement. If Donald Trump were behaving in this manner, I'd be very concerned. And I'd be saying the same things. Part of my exhortation is, let's pray for this man and pray for our country for wisdom on how to deal with the country with him in charge. And maybe even coming to accept the fact that there's a point he's not going to be able to lead. I, you know, I made the original prediction that he would not make it through a year. I still don't think he's going to serve the full term. I just don't. I just do not believe cognitively that he can do that. UK Daily Mail has an interesting version of this story about an event at the White House. Here's their headline. This way, Joe. Easter Bunny runs over to wave and interrupt Biden as he takes selfies with kids and starts discussing Afghanistan with a crowd at the White House roll. He started discussing Pakistan and Afghanistan with a crowd when Easter Bunny interrupted him. The bunny was later revealed to be White House press official Megan Hayes. GOP operatives mocked the moment on Twitter after the video was posted. The Bidens held the first White House Easter egg roll in two years. It was called off for a couple of years because of COVID. So here he is making these comments about Afghanistan, Pakistan. Then the Easter bunny shows up. 
Biden was filmed speaking with reporters and guests at the cheerful holiday event when he began discussing Afghanistan eight months after he presided over the U.S. military's chaotic withdrawal from Kabul that ended 20 years of American boots on the ground there. The president started to answer. The Afghan reporter's question was heard saying Pakistan should not and Afghanistan should be people who should be free. But Megan Hayes, a White House press official and director of message planning, who was dressed as the Easter Bunny, then quickly interrupted him, ushered him away in a desperate bid to avoid another gaffe. Republican operatives on Twitter mocked the silly moment. How bad does the White House staff have to think Biden is to calculate that sending in the Easter Bunny to interrupt a gaggle is better optics than whatever he was about to say on Afghanistan? That was Matt Whitlock's aide. I mean, Matt Whitlock, who is an aide to Orrin Hatch. Senator Josh Hawley's press secretary, Abigail Marone, saying, why is the Easter Bunny directing the president of the United States? Former California House candidate Buzz Patterson commenting, some staffer in a bunny outfit interrupts the most important person in the world, only in Biden's America. Megan McCain, daughter of the late Arizona Senator, 2008 presidential candidate John McCain, criticized Biden's staff for allowing the moment to happen. The absolute distrust and disrespect our president's staff has for him and his capabilities to lead and speak in public is disgraceful. Shame on his team. Shame on them. Why are they treating him like this? Because all this does is alarm the American public watching this. <laughs> Pretty disturbing, isn't it? By the way, among the crowd, family members, including first son Hunter Biden, his wife Melissa and baby Bo, along with first daughter Ashley and granddaughter Natalie. Pretty sad. What in the world is going on here when they have to have someone in Easter Bunny outfit directing the President of the United States? What would anybody think? What do our adversaries around the world think watching this and seeing this very frail, confused man, probably second incident in a week? What are they thinking right now about not only the president, but America's vulnerabilities. Love to get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. Beginning with this one. <laughs> I think they're trying to keep Biden around as long as possible because this vice president will be much worse than him. I'm sure he did not pick her. That is from Bobby. Okay. Also, what else do we have here? This texture saying, Vince, it was Obama in the bunny suit. <laughs> yeah, right. Jim out of Easley, I trust Biden as much as I trust a five-year-old with a hand grenade. I bet if you asked Joe Biden, how did you become president? He would reply, 
I don't know. <laughs> and we have this, one of the reasons given for wanting Joe Biden and the Democrats in total charge of government, the adults would finally be in the room. After watching the results of this last year and a half, I'm praying for the kids to be back in the room and in charge again. Alrighty. Time for us to take a look at the day in history with us again, our good friend Bernie. How are you doing today, man? Oh, Vince, just fantastic. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty good. We have a total of nine questions for you. All right. And again, I'll try to provide as much uh, in terms of hints, good hints, as possible. Sure. Let's start off with this one. Uh, this was an action by the British Parliament. They made it illegal for the colonists to print this in 1764. What were they not allowed to print? Hmm, 1764. Um, what does any country need? Money? Money! There we go. They were unable to print paper money. 1775. Well, that last decision there kind of helps to pave the way for this. 1775. This started at 5 a.m. with the Battle of Lexington. What was it? Oh, Vince. Um, what was all of this leading up to? Was, was it Brits? Was it taxation or the? I guess the the Civil War. The. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you another try. What is that war that actually started in 1775? Oh, um. Oh, Vince. I'm struggling. What you got for me? The Revolutionary, Revolutionary War. Revolutionary War. Duh. That's the Revolutionary War. <laughs> then, now you get to answer this question. 1861, the first blood in this war is drawn. Uh, the Civil War. That's the Civil War. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> the same wars are basically happening on the same day. We've got wars breaking out Yep. about 100 years apart. Wow. 1897, the first event of its type was held. John J. McDermott of New York City was the winner. This event was marred by a terrorist attack a few years ago. What was the first event? 1897. 1897. Um, I'm not sure, Vince. I'm not sure. What, what was the it? Boston Marathon. Ah. Boston Marathon. 1938, RCA and NBC started broadcasting programs from this particular building, one of the largest in New York City. What was it? Ooh. One of the most famous, too. That'd be the World Trade Center? No, it's actually the Empire State Imp Building. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Empire State Building. 1960, I didn't realize this was new in 1960. Major League Baseball debuted uniforms with what on the back? What was new? Uh, with names. Names on the back is absolutely correct. 1989. This is probably one of the most famous places in New York City. A place you'd probably go for a walk or a jog. And unfortunately, a an attacker began uh, doing some uh, nefarious deeds in New York City in 1989. Where was this? Where uh, was where'd this place? be? Central Park? Central Park. The Central Park jogger attack. That's what 
brought a lot of attention. 1993, this was also a big event. 51-day siege in this city came to an end as the Branch Davidians, their compound burned to the ground. What town did this occur in? Mm. Uh, was that Waco? Waco, Texas yes. is absolutely correct. And this event directly tied to it two years later. This is thought to be one of the reasons why this particular uh, terrorist carried out his act against the Murrah Center in this city. 168 people dead. Mm. Would it be What's, Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City is absolutely correct. There you go. Very impressive there, Bernie. Now... How do you like trying exotic foods, Bernie? Uh, I'm I've the palate, uh, Vince, of a, about a ten year old. So I'm I'm not a foodie by any means, but uh, I'm willing to try anything once. <laughs> anything? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't this, I shouldn't you say heard anything. You this, ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He said anything. <laughs> oh my goodness! Just wait until you hear this particular story. So one of the reasons why we have the fine folks with U.S. Customs and Border Protection, their job is to inspect luggage to make sure nothing's brought here that should not be here. Well, are you ready to find out what was brought into the country? In oh, the yeah. baggage of a passenger from Maryland arriving from Ghana. Inside, they found three and a half pounds of bat meat. <laughs> <laughs> This charred meat found in the baggage of a passenger arriving from Ghana on April 5th. Bat meat is considered bush meat, which can carry infectious diseases. And it's prohibited from entering the United States, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In addition to the bat meat, the traveler was also carrying prohibited plants in his luggage. 12 pounds of tetrapleura, it's a flowering plant from West Africa, turkey berries yellow-green pea-sized berries, and eggplants. Hmm. The plants seized and destroyed. The meat turned over to the CDC for further inspection. The traveler released. So, uh, interested in trying some bat meat? No, I don't think so, Vince. <laughs> I, I think I spoke too soon. I got myself in trouble on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. <laughs> 